Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Kelsey Tamburino. For years, Californians have dealt with droughts and water restrictions. And 2022 is no different. Just several days ago, California water managers said that California's statewide snowpack is well below average, which means that farmers and like cities alike are going to be getting very few, like if any, water deliveries this year. Up until now, two state agencies have helped manage this water crisis, the State Water Resources Control Board and the Department of Water Resources. One regulates water quality, the other manages delivery. But a new bill from a California state senator would eliminate one of those agencies and shift their responsibilities to the other agency. That proposal has alarmed many environmental groups. It would basically get rid of an agency that's overseeing water quality, safe drinking water, and all of these issues are very important in a state that's dealing with climate, environmental, public health impacts. Today, Politico's Colby Rommel on the fight to disband one of the state agencies at the center of California's water crisis. It's Monday, March 7th. So, Colby, who is Melissa Hurtado? Why is her bill so controversial? What exactly would it do? Yeah, so State Senator Melissa Hurtado, she is from the San Joaquin Valley in Central California, which is considered the breadbasket of America that produces a lot of our fruits and vegetables, nuts, other products that make their way out to the country. And she is proposing something pretty bold, which is to essentially get rid of one of the state's main agencies that oversees water. And the water board deals with water quality versus one of its fellow agencies, DWR. They focus on water delivery. So it's basically about supply versus quality and these two competing mandates that often come up in California. And the state in general has had issues managing its water, right? Can you talk about that? California is currently in the middle of a several-year drought, and in the late 2010s, it was also in drought as well. So this is a pretty perpetual thing. And so California is dealing with a variety of jurisdictions when it comes to water management. It has the feds that has to deal with, it has the state, and it has local agencies as well. And all of these different jurisdictions have different priorities. And then you also layer on top of this kind of the classic clash in the California water wars of agriculture versus environmentalists. And of course, agriculture, they are calling for more water deliveries to the Central Valley to help feed their crops. But then that often comes at the expense of endangered species. And so you have these dueling economic interests and there's the environment layer tied into that as well. Yeah. So what are Green saying about the legislation? Yeah. So environmentalists like in the state are both simultaneously scratching their heads, but also pretty worried. They do see this bill as a long shot, but that doesn't mean that they're not expressing concern to me 
and that they're not taking steps to make sure that this legislation doesn't advance, you know, just because getting rid of an entire agency, that is a pretty big step, you know, regardless of whatever industry you're talking about. But especially with such a contentious issue like water management in California, it is a pretty big step that we're going to be seeing lots of debate over, of course. And you touched on this, but how much support does Hurtado have for her bill? It was pretty difficult to get from folks on the record support, actually, if any. And I talked with the California Farm Bureau Federation, and they were the only agriculture or agriculture adjacent group that would basically give me any kind of statement. And they didn't even take a position on the bill. They just generally said that the water board needs reforms but didn't really specify too much what those reforms should be. And that's kind of how Senator Hurtado talked with me herself in her interview. She even said that she couldn't point to specific instances of what's leading to the legislation. Also, a new federal analysis released last week says that U.S. greenhouse gas emissions will barely dip through 2050, and that natural gas and petroleum will remain the top U.S. fuel sources, despite renewable energy nearly doubling its share of the nation's energy mix. The Energy Information Administration, the federal government's energy statistics arm, predicted that carbon emissions would fall just under 2% through 2050, under current U.S. laws and regulations. The agency also said that declining costs and new incentives for renewables will drive rapid growth for wind, solar, and other zero-emitting sources, but that the U.S. will remain primarily powered by fossil fuel through 2050, despite the declining use of coal in the United States. Overall, total U.S. oil and gas consumption will still grow even if its share of the energy market doesn't increase. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morningenergy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Kelsey Tamburino, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day, can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com forward slash RNG.